0: Welcome again, everybody, to the Disney Film Project podcast. This is the show where we talk about the films of the Walt Disney Company. Be they on Disney Channel, be they in the theaters, be they in the theme parks, be they anything, we be talking about them here on the Disney Film Project show. I'm Ryan Kilpatrick, and along with these folks, we run DisneyFilmProject.com, where you can go to see show notes for this show. You can go see Blu-ray reviews, blogs, all kinds of fun content. So make sure you head over to DisneyFilmProject.com where you can find the latest information about Disney films upcoming in the past or whenever. Joining me as always, we have the most excellent film buffs known to man. Nay, known to animals as well, including woodland creatures. First of all, there's Mr. Todd Perlmutter, who is a blogger over at TouringPlans.com. He is chief technical officer at DisneyDrivenLife.com. He does technical work for OnTheGo in MCO.com, and I believe is known as Todd the Only. Is that correct? Todd the One and Only. Fair enough. I will uh, make the appropriate changes to your embroidered uh, pajamas. Awesome. Don't forget my underwear. Uh, I keep trying, but the image just is burned into my brain. All right. (laughs) Also joining us, of course, we have Miss Brianna Alessio, who you can find over at Adventures of Bree at adventuresofbree.blogspot.com. Bree, are we to call you Brianna the First? Is that is that what we're supposed to do?
1: I will beg you not to.
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: Yeah, yeah, just Brianna is, is fine. Okay, all right,
0: that's fair. But all is well
1: all is fantastic i I, i'm hoping that we're about to enter into spring territory soon because we went through our cold snap in new york and now i think the warm weather is approaching so let's hope
0: yes it would be very nice if that were to happen i Um, hope i I am hoping so as well of course our fine producer miss cheryl perlmutter is here as well you can find her over at about.me slash cheryl p3 you can find her on twitter at cheryl p3 and of course from time to time over at com. How are you this evening, Cheryl?
2: I'm doing good. I'm also glad to hear that you are not dead, Ryan.
0: Yes, I am not. Uh, it was touch and go. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, hey, I survived. So, I can't wait to hear the uh, amazing things that you guys did without me. Talked <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah. I can not believe
2: it. I think Todd is putting in your contract for next year. They, you have, you have to have like a signed doctor's note by three different doctors in order to miss a podcast. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> I, I was just gonna have a dead or alive cause. Cause, <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. So, uh, tonight, we or today, or I don't know when you're listening, it could be the middle of the night. If you're listening to this at 3 a.m., I, I am afraid that um, we need to have some serious conversation. But other than that, uh, we will be talking about Sophia the First, Once Upon a Princess, the Disney Channel. Would we call this an original movie, or is it more of a pilot episode, would you it's, guys say?
3: It's the pilot for the TV series.
2: Yeah. And, um, they're, and they're releasing it direct to Blu-ray. That's why we're discussing about it, because it's coming out on the Blu-ray.
0: So if if you're not a four-year-old girl, you might not know what Sophia the First is, so we can explain it to you. Uh, It is the latest show on Disney Junior and somewhat on Disney Channel as well, because that's how things work these days. They cross-pollinate. It is, would you guys say, a way to get young girls into the Princess franchise? Is that a safe way to say it? Sort of.
3: I – I think it is, but it's important to to note that she is not a f- one of the Disney Princess fan- franchises characters. Correct. Kerocious.
1: Thank God for that.
3: Yeah, I mean, because the one that they're actually giving us this year is going to be Anna from Frozen, not.
2: Oh, although they have added her into Disney Junior.
3: Right. Well, she's right. She's on Disney Junior. She's part of the. Oh, you mean at the studio at the studios. studios yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. We haven't seen that yet. Yes,
0: they did. Well, and that's because this, – so this movie originally aired on Disney Channel, uh, and it was a huge hit. Uh, it's, it's their most viewed animated film since 2009 when Phineas and Ferb did their Christmas vacation special. It, uh, it's one of the biggest things among preschoolers, um, two- to five-year-olds, which, believe it or not, is something that is measured. But it's like the biggest viewed thing among two to five year olds in years on cable television. So this this out of the box was a huge hit. Yeah, uh, and it's and I can say as someone who who has a six year old daughter uh, who's just outside that two to five range, she still loves it. I mean, she she watches every episode when it comes on because it's now a regular TV show. Uh, and she watched this movie probably six times, so they were they are definitely hitting their target demographic.
3: Yeah, and and the show hasn't been on that long because I think it's like just about to have its sixth or seventh episode come out.
0: Yes, I think uh, number six is this week or when we're recording this is no, uh, this week or the next week, something like that. Yeah,
2: I also know this is a favorite of children because um Marissa Hochberg's, um daughter loves this as well. Um, because yeah. we were out with them, and she was, and she, that's one of the movies that they were like, would would be, you know, keep her quiet is, is Sophia, and I always say I like Sophia. I actually, I actually like the series. Um, I'm disappointed in it a little bit, and we'll talk more about that when we get further into the film. But well, by disappointment,
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with you, Cheryl. I I have been, as you can imagine, again, that six-year-old daughter, I have been subjected to a lot of princess, fairy tale-type stuff, and I can actually sit down and watch Sophia the First with her. So I, I agree. For it, It's not something definitely that was made to appeal to me, but it is, it, it's good stuff uh, for that age group, I think. So... This is, uh, like like Cheryl said, this is now out on Blu-ray. It is not a uh, full-length feature film. It's about 45 minutes long without all the commercials and, and interruptions in it. Uh, because remember, Disney Junior has commercials. Uh, so it ends up being about 45 minutes long. It is a computer animated special with a, a very good voice cast, I might add. Uh, Ariel yes. Winter plays Sophia. Mm-hmm. Um, Wayne Brady is in the voice cast as Clover the Rabbit. Yep. Uh, Tim Gunn as Ballywick, the castle steward, is my favorite character in the entire series.
3: Very entertaining. Did you Did you know the um, it was written for him, the part? I can believe that because yeah. it's yeah. just him. Like he's just being himself. Yeah, they they basically wrote it around him, and they presented the script to him, and he he was fl- so flattered by the fact that they actually designed the character to be him. He couldn't say no, and he loves it because, like you said, it's. He, said, he called it feel good TV. Yeah, it is. It definitely
0: is.
2: Also, from what I understand regarding voice over acting, although it is complex depending on what type of character you're doing, but since he's practically doing himself, I mean, he doesn't have. It's not like we're talking with the Bradley Baker where he has to, you know, project his voice in different auspices. Um, Tim Gunn doesn't have to worry too much about that. So it's pretty much probably easy, easy extra money for him as well
0: yeah i i would imagine is i would imagine that's true uh we are star wars connections in the voice cast i know cheryl's chomping at the bit
2: yes we have our most favorite is ashley Eckstein is actually the bluebird
3: you gotta say who she is in star wars she
2: is ahsoka tano
3: that's right from star wars the clone wars
2: we have um three others yeah four others um travis willingham who is King yeah. Roland? Is is also uh, also in in the video games?
3: But who is he? Oh, in the video games. Okay, good.
2: Tress McNeil, who yep. is who is also in the video games, yep. as well as being known for Animaniacs.
3: Can I do the last one?
2: Jess Harnell.
3: Oh, all right.
2: Um, is from Animaniacs and is from Wreck It Ralph.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. AM. Who was he in, Re- in Wreck It Ralph? He was Don.
3: Okay, probably one of the uh, people, the people in the house in the apartment building.
2: And we have yeah, Jennifer Hale from Star yeah. Tours detours coming up.
3: Yeah, but you know who else we have?
2: And she's also in Avengers as well. So they're we are, and in and she's also Rocket Ralph.
3: Wow, it's like all this stuff. That's a lot. <laughs> uh, but guess who else? Because you still missed the one that I have. I don't know. Go. Oh, so you know Jim Cummings is in this, right? He plays Wormwood, the raven.
2: I right? did not know that.
3: Yeah. And so um, you know who he does the voice of in Disney stuff? Ryan? I know you know.
2: Oh, Winnie the Pooh.
3: Yes. Uh, yes. Jim Cummings and- does all the Winnie the Pooh stuff. Yeah, pretty much like half the voices on the latest show he he's did. He's not he,
2: listed though, in, in the IMDb for the
3: uh, – he he yeah they they because they don't list every single character that's in it. But he's he is in fact the the um, voice of Wormwood. Hmm. Um, but you know who he he is also a Star Wars connection. Did you know that? You know who he does? He does. I um, did not. Yeah, he does, he does, you know, I'm the pirate. I'm Hondo Onaka from Star Wars The Clone Wars. I steal your stuff. You know, it's my stuff. It's not your stuff. I might sell it to this Jedi, but I would not do anything with it.
0: Ah, okay. Right. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I do, I do. I when, you, when you did the voice, that's when I knew.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> if you had said the guy's name, it would have been like, who? And then when you right. did the voice, then I knew what you're talking about. That's why I did the voice. I appreciate that. All right, so Sophia the First, I think uh, it's safe to say, is basically wish fulfillment for young girls because it basically follows Sophia, whose mother was a – is the term cobbler? She's a shoemaker. Isn't that a cobbler? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, who is summoned to the castle to to fit the king for new shoes. They fall in love and get married, and therefore Sophia becomes a princess. And this is all like the first minute of the film, because Flora, Fauna, and Meriwether from Sleeping Beauty, the three fairies, uh, open the storybook just like you've seen in the beginning of so many princess films and tell us this as sort of the exposition just to get things rolling.
3: Yeah, they, they fly inside uh, the book, which I kind of like. You know, I really like that whole thing when they do that in the beginning of the books. But um, they also um, discuss the land at that point, right? Because the land that they're in is Enchantia, right? And yes. that's And um, I, I was—I have trouble with that word because like, I look at it and I go, that can't be how it's pronounced, but it is. And, um, yeah. <laughs> and that's the land where King Roland the Second lives, and you can continue from there.
0: Yes, yes. So it's King Roland II with his uh, his daughter Amber and his son James. Uh, marries Sophia's mother, and therefore Sophia is now a princess. So she they end up moving to the castle. She leaves behind her friends. I believe it's Ruby and Jade. Is
2: that right? That is correct.
0: Okay, uh, and she waves goodbye to her friends. They the carriage takes them to the castle. She gets introduced to everybody, uh, including Ballywick, who is Tim Gunn's character. He's the castle steward, so he's in charge of all all the things around the castle. And then there's Mr. Cedric, as Sophia calls him. And I think that's the funniest thing ever because his name is Cedric, but she continually calls him Mr. Cedric, which makes me laugh. It made me giggle almost every time.
3: <laughs> I don't know why, but it did. Did, uh, did, you, did you catch um, the, the uh, Meriwether and Flora quips about the shoes in the beginning? It did. I did, yes, where they're at, saying that the shoes should be pink or blue. Blue, blue, and not red like they do in the um, or yeah. pink or whatever it is in the in the um, Sleeping Beauty with the blue right. dress. Yeah.
0: yeah, cute. So uh, it's it's Mr Cedric is the castle sorcerer and he's asked to produce some well we don't know what it is but do some sort of spell and he ends up actually causing uh, dark clouds to roll in uh, and and rain to a start and the king says no I meant I said flowers not showers and he manages to fix it so that flowers come down but we can tell that. Cedric is the castle sorcerer, and he's not exactly uh, the best person at the job. No.
3: no, he's not. As we
0: learn in the next scene,
3: it's kind of a disconcerting how bad he is. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> this is the yes. scene where she, yeah, this is the scene where she walked. She walks in with Amber, and then she ends up in the throne room, and she's like admiring her throne as it's being put in, and he shows up. And he's, like, disintegrating stuff all over the courtroom.
0: Yes. <laughs> I, all the tapestries. Gone. Yeah, it was very awkward. <laughs> uh, definitely. Yeah, he, he just comes in, because he, he's complaining, right? He's saying, like, oh, I should be, you know, my talents are wasted here doing parlor tricks. I should be off slaying dragons and doing this and that. And this stuff keeps flying out of the water. he's just basically destroying the castle. It's horrible.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. I don't know. But then we're introduced to your favorite character.
0: Yes, which is Ballywick, the steward, because he's awesome. And he shows Sophia to her room. And I love the fact that she thinks the, like, the entranceway is her room. And then when he opens the real room and shows her that she's got a castle, I mean, a closet full of gowns. He's, she's got you know this, the bed by the window. She has the play area, which features a little miniature Cinderella castle for her to play with. Anybody catch yep. that?
3: Yes. Yes.
0: I thought that was cool because I have one of those. You have your own miniature Cinderella castle that you play with?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm.
3: Aw. <laughs> Do you sleep in there at night when you're scared?
0: Well, it's not big enough to sleep in. But you know the monorail piece that they sell all oh. around Disney yeah, yeah, World? I, ha- yeah, yeah. I have one. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah.
1: yeah, you put it around your Christmas tree,
0: right? I don't put the castle around the Christmas tree – I generally use the castle as a centerpiece when uh, decorating.
1: I mean the monorail, like you put it around the Christmas yeah, tree. Yeah,
0: I do. I do yeah. put the monorail around the Christmas tree. That's right. Okay. Cool. It's awesome. Nice. But yeah, so she's got this whole area, and he shows her the big giant rope that she can pull to summon the the ladies-in-waiting, which becomes a, a plot point later. Yep. And it's all this great stuff that Sophia gets introduced to. And then uh, we flash forward to her at dinner... Right where her where King roll in the second hand says, you know, we're going to throw a ball in your honor, which causes stepsister Amber to be a little miffed because yeah. she says, well, why didn't I get a ball? And it's because well, you were a baby because you were just born, <laughs> right? Sophia's just now entering the family, self-explanatory, but still, Amber's not happy. So we set up that dynamic. That's that's one thing I have to say. This movie such as it is, again, it's only 45 minutes, like, they pack a lot of plot into 45 minutes. They
3: And they pace it pretty well? Yeah. Except, except I feel the end draws out a little bit.
0: Yeah, my biggest problem is it falls apart about 30 minutes in, but we'll talk about that. Yeah. So here, here's, here's an interesting thing. Did anyone catch that he referred to it as the Tri-Kingdom area at this point? I did, and cra- and cracked up too. Yeah because I, I was waiting for Dr. Doofenshmirtz at that point. Right, exactly. I
3: thought it was an intentional reference at Phineas and Ferb
0: as well because they referred it as a tri-state area. So Yeah, they put lots of little jokes like that in here. Like like the castle, like the Flora Fauna Merryweather joke. I mean, there's lots of little nods there if you if like if you know your other Disney stuff, there's lots of good stuff in here. Yeah. So if you're if you're if you're a dad or a mom who's you know a little hesitant about watching this with your kid because you're like it's not going to appeal to me, there's definitely some stuff in there for you. Not a lot, but it, but it's there. <laughs> so Sophia launches into the first big musical number because this is a musical because you know it's a princess movie, and she sings this song called "Not Ready to Be a Princess" because she's worried about going to the ball and not being able to dance and embarrassing herself because she doesn't know how to act like a princess. Uh, which <laughs> I bet you could, I could <laughs> totally. Yes. She doesn't want to, to embarrass herself cause she doesn't know how to act like a princess, which I think, uh, w- which at first glance, right? Like as an adult, you look at that and you're like, that's very silly. But then like my daughter, th- I go through this with her going to school. Like she doesn't want to go to school. She doesn't want to take a shower in the morning ever because if she leaves the house with her hair wet, she feels like people will laugh at her.
1: Oh,
2: Be glad that girl does not have natural curly hair.
0: Yeah, so no, all kidding. I have to tell you. No kidding. Sister. You, would never,
2: you would never get her out of the house because <laughs> I tell you, it takes at least two hours to, nat, to air dry my hair.
0: <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah, but it's like things like that, and so and, and I've seen that with her. So when I saw this part with Sophia, like I'm worried I'm gonna embarrass myself. I'm like, wow, they really know their demographic. Like oh, you mean when know she breaks out the song. Yes, well, my daughter does that a lot too, as you guys have uh, witnessed. <laughs> she does yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, they get, they got their target demo down, man. But her mom comes in and comforts her and says, "No, no, you'll be fine. You know, don't, don't worry about it. Um, you know, and, and and things will go on that way." And then they the the next day she is sent off to princess school. Well, first I should say, uh, King Roland comes in and gives her a gift, which is the amulet. A, a magical amulet. We don't know what it is, right? It is a welcome gift to the castle. And he says, but you have to promise never to take it off. Which can I just say a little creepy.
3: Oh, I guess he doesn't explain why. And yeah, that's what's creepy.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> and um well we could talk we could talk about the other half of it in a little bit. So yeah.
0: um yeah. I'm just saying this part, like when I say like again, guy you've known for 12 hours comes to you and says here have this necklace never take it off i don't know is it really 12 hours at that point it's unclear how long
3: between when they met and when they got married was i mean i know they rushed along during the exposition
0: but fair fair point i'm just saying a little weird yes all right
3: um but you know it's you know it's interesting i I figure i mentioned since you brought since you kind of started talking about it already um so normally, right, you have princesses who have wicked stepmothers, right, in Disney stuff, right? Yep, good point. That's that's very common, right? He's the first stepfather, and he's a good guy.
0: Yes, very true. Well, so, even the mom makes the point earlier in in the movie of, you know, I know that there's all these fairy tales about wicked stepmothers, but I'm gonna break that or, you know, I'm gonna be a nice one. She says that to James and Amber. So the next day, uh, Sophia, amulet around her neck, because if she takes it off, she would be breaking her promise to, to King Roland II, uh, hops in the carriage with James and Amber to go off to school, and the carriage is carried by two Pegasi, which I believe is the plural of Pegasus.
3: Um, yes, but you know what you missed. You forgot about her bumping into Cedric or Cedric or the, dude, the guy with the wand. Mr. Mr. Cedric. Yes. Because he, he recognizes the amulet for what it is.
0: Yes. Oh, I thought that happened after school. Nope. Was that wrong? About that? okay, sorry. You're right. He he she, he bumps into uh, Mr. Cedric, who wants to show her his his or he recognizes the amulet. You're right. And it's yeah. after school that he go they go to the workshop.
3: Sorry. Right. Well, and he, but he he mentions that you know when he's off by himself he talks about how it's a magic amulet how he he because talk, he talks to his bird.
0: Wormwood, the raven.
3: Wormwood, right. Wormwood, the raven, right? And uh, he mentions that you know the amulet will give him the power to to take over the kingdom, but he also mentions that it only he, – he has to get it to – hard to give it to him willingly, right? Because that's a very important part. The amulet has no power if
0: he just takes it. Correct. Yes, which – and, and that, that is what makes sense of the you can't take it off, right? That, so it doesn't go very long, but it's still – I don't know. Even the first time I watched it, this is like I said, probably the third time I've seen it. The first time, even from the first time I watched it, it was like that's odd. But you know, the six-year-old girl that sitting next to me did not think anything of it. So, <laughs> for what it's worth, like, it's called the Amulet of Avalore as well. Yeah, they have strange. They have like na- the names in this, like Enchantia and the Amulet of Avalor, and some of these. Like they're very close to things you recognize, but they're not quite those things. Right. Well,
3: there's. You know, so I only found a little bit about that. I mean, you know, somebody somebody said that like this is probably a uh, portmanteau of of uh, Avalon and lore.
0: You know, to come up with Avalor, but you right, know, that's. Right. I
3: think that's. I think that's stretching it and seeing something where maybe
0: there's nothing. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's probably just they were in a room, they're like, Avalon, Avalor, oh Avalor, okay, that works.
2: Okay, uh, can I bring a question? Indeed. Do we think this is the beginning of your Disney Ponies line? Possibly. Well, well the Pegasi Yeah, could be could be could become the start of the Disney Ponies line. I think
0: Disney Consumer Products needs to hop on it. We've said this many times. Yeah. I mean, because you already had Pegasus from the Hercules movie. That's a Disney oh, horse. Oh, that's true. That's true. You're right. You're right. These are big Pegasi, though. Yes, they are. Because, okay. I mean, they, they carry the carriage, like a full horse-drawn carriage, like it's Santa's sleigh, man. Like, these are strong, flying horses. Did, did you catch that the carriage had wing-leg like, chitty-chitty bang-bang? I did see that, yes. There's lots of those little jokes in here. It's kind of yeah. cool. But so the the horse the horse drawn pegasi drawn carriage takes them over to Royal Prep Academy, which is where apparently flora, fauna, and Meriwether, having gone out of business after Sleeping Beauty, have opened up a school to teach princesses how to be princesses. now, what's never explained is that they are teaching James how to be a princess but i don't underst- I don't understand why that's the case it, no, no actually
2: i I think the actual school is that they're teaching royalty because they don't necessarily just show prince and princess. You know, they show all different cultures. Yes. So I guess I would consider it's like, as Tom was referring it to, it's like Cusco's Royal Academy.
3: Yes. I thought they were taking a page from that TV show. You know, Cusco, he goes yes. to school on the on his the TV show, right? So yeah, yeah. That's what this really reminded me of, was, was that whole thing. Also, they sing again. I just like mentioning when they sing. There's a lot of singing they going on. They,
0: they do sing, yes. There's a lot of singing. You're right. Especially for a movie this short.
3: Yes. I mean, because the songs are not short songs. They're like all
0: like several minutes long. Yeah, there's probably 15 minutes of song in a 45-minute movie. Yes. Yeah, definitely. They sing, they sing royal prep and basically fauna, Flora, and Meriwether just fawn over Sophia for about three and a half minutes and tell her how they're going to make her into the best princess ever. Because that's what they do at Royal Prep. Uh, but Amber is still jealous, right? So when they go uh, – when Sophia goes into class and accidentally drops her books, you know Amber makes fun of her later on the playground. And then she tricks James into putting Sophia on the Enchanted Swing, which why they have an Enchanted Swing that does this, I, I would like to know. Like why have Flora, Fauna, and Merryweather not taken the Enchanted Swing out? This is my question. I know I'm asking logic questions about a movie for two-year-olds, but still – I have no good answer um,
1: there. Just watching her on the swing maybe
2: some. so nice. I'm guessing the swing was a garley cup secret of the kids. It's very clear that the Indian kid, and again, I apologize for stereotyping folks, but I don't know his name, <laughs> knew that that was their way of initiating new kids, James' way of initiating new kids into the school. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And so I'm not clear that far... Bonna flouring, the rather may have not even known about this because I don't think anyone spilled the means. It was yeah, the girl that point. did it
1: though, right? No, well, James did it.
0: Yeah, brother. James put her on the swing. Amber Amber kinda told James, Hey, shouldn't you put her on the swing and that what you do do to everybody?
1: Oh, uh,
0: okay. So she she was manipulating him because she's evil. Yeah.
1: She obviously didn't want to
0: do that. Yes. Yeah, James. James is noble intention. He was trying to take care of Sophia, but Amber manipulated her him because Amber is very jealous of how Sophia behaves, which is an, yet another plot. So that's the thing. Like we've got at this point that we're what twenty minutes or so in, and we've got like three main plots. We've got Sophia worried about becoming a princess and acting royal. We have Cedric. Cedric who is going to sabotage her and steal the amulet, and we've got Amber's Jealousy versus Sophia. So, I mean, they pack a lot of stuff in here. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's a lot for... Especially for two, two, three, four-year-olds, that's a lot of plot. That's what I'm thinking. But that's just me. So... She has this – she gets on the Enchanted Swing. The Enchanted Swing swings without her having to push. Unfortunately, it does not stop until it throws her out and it throws her into the fountain. Sophia plays it off well. She says, you know, it's a – hey, James, you got me. But she's obviously disappointed uh, that you know she got the trick played on her, gets out and starts to clean up. And she kind of wanders off a little bit by herself, and she finds a bird. ...that is out of the nest, and she picks the bird up, puts it in the nest, and all of a sudden the amulet glows. We don't know what happens until she starts walking away, and the birds in the nest say, thank you, and she hears them. But she's not really sure what actually happened. Yeah. And it's not until she gets back to the castle... uh, it's the next day when she finds out what's really happening. In between there, though, she gets back to the castle, and as we said before, she runs into Mr. Cedric, who takes her to the workshop. And he's left the book open where it talks about the Amulet of Avalore. And as she, it's, it's like he lays the most obvious trap for her. She walks in and says, oh, look, that looks like my amulet. And then he, mention, he reveals to her what the amulet's powers are which is if you do a good deed then the amulet unlocks one of its magical powers and if you do a bad deed then it doesn't.
3: Yeah. I found it more creepy that he asked to show her his lair.
0: Yes, <laughs> that's also very creepy. Well, because Mr. Cedric is creepy. Yes. Very um, you know who it reminds me of
3: um Gargamel from the Smurfs.
0: Yes, true. He does he reminds, have that sort of angular look to him.
1: Yeah. He reminds me of the magician from Frosty the Snowman.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Old. Good call. Yeah. 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 Good call, Brie. Yeah. It's,
3: so, yeah. The, the quote she picks up from the book is, With each deed performed for better or worse, a power is granted a blessing or curse.
0: Hmm. Which... Okay. Which is strange at the very end, but we'll talk about that. But yes, Mr. Cedric tries to uh, trick Sophia into giving him the amulet, but she says, you know, I can't take it off because I promised Mr. Roland." And she has this annoyingly cute little saying, as Cedric says, of, you know, my mother says that a broken promise can't be glued back together. Which I I would agree with him is somewhat annoyingly cute. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's a good saying. It's just you know, it's a little trite. But it's okay. It's for two-year-olds. Yeah.
3: Did they ever say how old she's actually supposed to be? I don't think they
0: did. And yeah, I,
3: I don't think they, they do. She. Yeah. I would assume
1: like nine or ten, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, I would. I would agree. Somewhere is somewhere in that range. Like not not close to teenagerdom.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, and if you notice, like one of the things I noticed is that the height and relative size of Sophia changes somewhat throughout the movie in relation to other people. Did any of you guys notice that? Especially, well, first of all, Flora, Fauna, and Merriweather go from little flitting about fairies to, like, full-grown women when they're at the Royal Prep. Yeah, they seem to sing
3: in and out of their size. I didn't understand that either. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but, like, even Sophia... And again, since this was the third time through for me, I notice other things, uh, like the, she comes up to a different level on like Roland and her mother uh, at different times during the movie.
2: Yes, definitely.
0: Uh, yeah, the, the perspective is not not. It's not like a Pixar film, you know, where they have a character model and it's set that doesn't feel like what they did here.
3: Yeah, it might not be their priority. I mean, again, you know, it it's popular and everything like that, but then consider the demographic it's popular for. I mean, they don't
0: really have to worry yeah. too much about that. Well, and they're trying to churn out episodes like every week, so it's a whole yes. different ballgame. Different yep. Ball game. yep. Yes, so uh, she she manages to escape from from Mr. Cedric uh, who has to come up with another plan but he he reveals that of course his plan is to get the amulet and he needs to he wants to rule the kingdom. So he is just flat out evil at this point. Which yeah. is odd for like if you watch other Disney Jr type shows like you normally you normally don't have a flat out evil guy. Even like like for example, Jake and the Neverland Pirates. Like Captain Hook isn't flat out evil, you know. He's just sort of bumbling and misguided.
2: And they end up changing it. Um, I don't. I guess I can spoil the TV show. Don't spoil the show, yeah. <laughs> um, because they have a incident where she has she has to learn a spell for school. Yeah. And she becomes his apprentice. Apparently, we learned that he's torn between two different professors that he had one being evil, one being good, and right. so apparently he's having that battle as well
0: huh yeah it's it yeah it's in in it's weird because in this he's definitely the villain quote unquote, although he's not all that menacing, but yeah, once you get into the show, then he's not. He can disintegrate things, and I to me that's menacing enough. I would agree. <laughs> I would agree with that. But so the the next morning, she wakes up to the woodland animals are in her room because they were in there the, the the morning before. She just didn't, you know, they they shooed them off because Ballywick shooed them off because he says this is a castle, not a zoo, and she didn't have her superpower yet. Yes, and now that she's um, super-powered Sophia, uh, she will be joining the Avengers in her next iteration. Oh, no! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, side note, you know that the Marvel show or some sort of superhero babies type thing is coming for Disney Junior. I just think we all need to be prepared for that. Well, they have Superhero Squad. I mean, they might bring that back. Yeah, some, but but right. you know it's coming, right? Something of that nature is coming. Yeah,
3: well, you know that they're the Avengers are making an appearance on Phineas and Ferb, right? I do this yeah, summer. So, yes. yes, this summer. That's the big summer news. So, yeah, but
0: just prepare yourself, Bree, because it's going to happen.
1: That actually might not be that bad. It might be neat. I,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna say a few words to you that are going to make you shriek in terror. Adventures of Baby Black Widow.
1: Um. Okay, I'm done.
0: just prepare yourself I'm just letting you know it's coming but anyway back to Sophia the first so you're correct Todd she has her superpower, and she can now hear the animals so when the animals are sitting on her bed discussing should we wake her up should we not she can respond to them and she shrieks out loud uh, and is now able to talk to the animals including the Wayne Brady voiced bunny Clover
1: yes can I interject here
0: sure please do
1: okay Clover terrifies me I so I, agree. Adore, I <laughs> no seriously I adore Wayne Grady I really really do but it just reminds me of that horrible story when I was a kid Bonicula, about the evil vampire bunny Oh and, yeah yeah and I feel that Bonicula is less frightening than Clover I, I it just it terrifies me I don't know why it's uh, the voice just uh, I don't know Well he's He's doing a
0: – like he's – he has the most menacing voice in the entire thing. Like even C- mm-hmm. Cedric is not like menacing in his voice. I but know. Clo- Clover is like practically threatening her. You know why we're in your room? Yeah. It's like, oh, exactly. back off, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's the other thing.
3: She So she wakes up and she screams which, when she understands she's talking to animals because I can understand that reaction. But it takes her all of three seconds to go – Oh, magic amulet. I'm good now. Thank you. Let's chat. Yes. Yes.
0: (laughs) Very true. (laughs) Yeah. But but again, to be fair, having a six-year-old daughter, that's probably what would happen. Yeah. Once she she figured it out, once she got it, oh, yeah, amulet. All right. Hey, bunny, what are you up to? That's what would happen. Guaranteed.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I also did not like the fact that birds fly in and they hold up a dress – just like in Snow White, that bothers me. I don't mind the references to Disney films or, like, Disney memorabilia, like with Cinderella's Castle, but when you're going to show a scene, like, directly from another Disney film, it just bothers me. I don't know.
3: Well, they, yes,
0: this it
1: bothers did tout me. This.
3: Yeah. They did tout this as having, at one point in time or another, they would be paying... You know, having all the princesses on, paying a lot of homage to all the prior princesses and stuff like that. They did state that in all the press stuff about this when it was coming yeah. out. So. Which Although they've they done did done not use. they did not
2: use the show. I, I want to say they did not use the appetite. They just, just promoted it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but they, they've, they've done the stuff with the princesses during the show. We'll talk about that when one of the princesses shows up later.
3: I, I have a very important question. Please. What is Roland the second superpower? He had the amulet before.
0: Does he did, did, but do you keep the superpower or is the power in the amulet itself?
2: I don't think he ever used it. I think it was Roland's first the first amulet and I don't think he ever used it.
3: I want a history of the amulet.
0: You want a backstory. I want a backstory. I do. I I, I I'm guessing that Uh, Jamie Mitchell and Craig Gerber, the executive producers, did not think that through. Well, I'll make one up if they hire me. All right. Fair (laughs) enough. So, Mr.
1: Mr.
0: Mitchell and Gerber, if you're listening, you have a script doctor ready to go. Right. So then they sing the song about what, you know, Clover basically threatens her that we won't help you unless you feed us and sings this song called a little bit of food, which this is the one I have a problem with. Cause it's basically taking the years of history of all the princesses being helped by woodland creatures, like in snow white and in sleeping beauty and, and Cinderella, etc., etc, And saying that the only reason they were doing it is because they wanted food and that they haven't been given it for that long. It's yeah. basically what you just said to my daughter. And I don't appreciate it. Disney.
2: I wasn't clear as if they were referring to that particular monarchy and until so only the only they were talking about that particular monarchy because um can we can I go forward again and spoil please do when Amber sees the woodland creatures, she goes, Oh that there those little birds those little animals used to help me. I wonder what happened to them. So maybe it was us down that they hadn't gotten fed. They were they and they had gotten no appreciation from Amber, who seems to be stuck up. That they it, just they they that they were upset with the whole monarchy at that point.
0: I don't know. I don't know. They, but she, they do mention like, why do we help all you princesses over the years? So maybe it was just the princesses that had lived in that castle. You could be right. I don't know. Oh, perhaps. Yeah. But anyway, so they sing, they sing the song about a little bit of food, uh, and Sophia goes back to school the next day. But she feeds them. Yeah, she does feed them, which is good. Because they stop singing. Yeah, well, and they stop threatening her, which is basically <laughs> what they did. So what
3: you, I guess what we've learned here is that they're mafia animals. Pretty much, yeah.
0: They basically extorted her.
3: Yes. Yeah. No, that's that's fair. But if if the red bird didn't know what the blue bird was doing, then it's okay.
0: Sorry, three people got that joke. Yep, (laughs) and I think they're all on this show. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yes, but so she gets to go back to school, and now she is uh, supposed to learn how to dance, right, for the ball. She has to learn how to dance. Uh, well, I, I take that back. She has – after her, her hard day at school, uh, she is introduced to um, her friends. Her mother brings her friends back, Jade and Ruby. They have tea out in the garden, uh, and James comes over to basically offer his support for all the, from the stuff that's been going on with Amber and all the other stuff. And so James comes over and shows her how to pour tea and teaches her a bunch of other things, apparently gives her the entire rundown on how to be a princess in about five minutes is, is what I gathered. Uh, but says that if she's going to learn to dance, she will do so from Popov, Professor Popov's class the next day at, at Royal Prep Academy. And Amber is standing by and listening to this uh, and apparently cooks up a devious scheme, which we see the next day when she goes to class. Because when she goes to class, Amber gives her trick shoes from Mr. Cedric. I wrote down magic evil shoes. i That's a fair description, yes. So she gives her the magic evil shoes, which make her dance like a crazy person, fly across the room, all these sorts of things. Just basically horrible mistreatment of poor Sophia by Amber. And she's all embarrassed and unable to you know, go on. She goes back to the castle. James, as they are getting ready for the, for the ball, you know, Amber sarcastically says, oh, I, didn't, I must have given you Cedric's trick shoes by mistake, and Sophia, to her credit, does not smack that girl right in her face, because that's what I would have done.
1: Yeah, <laughs> for sure.
0: She's
3: trying to be nice. Yes. And be the better person. I understand the position.
0: I understand. Yeah. I, I understand completely. I just would have smacked her.
3: <laughs> well, if you're
0: honest. But that's not what you teach two to five year old girls. No, right? you teach me to
3: you teach them to eat up bad people. I don't know. Eat yeah. up what bad people throw at you, I mean.
0: Yes. I no, I know what you meant. Yeah. So, yes, they get back to the castle, and James tells Amber, you know, I don't appreciate what you did, and you're, you've been treating Sophia very poorly, and I like – you're jealous because everybody likes her better than you, and you know what? So do I, which causes Amber no end of distress. Amber, you know, gets very upset and uh, accidentally tears her, her dress so that she can't go to the ball, and since – Sophia did not actually learn how to dance from Professor pop class. She goes to Mr. Cedric to get a dancing spell, which ends up turning out to be not a dancing spell, as Mr. Cedric reveals to us. It is instead a sleep spell. So she's going to put everyone in the castle to sleep, and then he's going to sneak in and, and tell her, I will only wake everyone up if you give me the amulet. Right? This is his great master plan. It's not a very good plan. No. He, well,
3: he's a little bit of a bumbler, and we learn that he's really not very smart and has to think smaller. That's Correct.
1: Exactly like the magician of Frosty the Snowman. does not think. So. <laughs> it's
0: true. It's true. <laughs> or Buller Hat Guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a long tradition of Disney bumbling villains. Yes. Although the Frosty one, he's not a Disney guy, but still. Still, still a bumbler. Still, they buy that. Yeah, they'll buy it. They'll get, they'll get around to Rankin-Bass eventually. Oh, yeah. It's actually an idea. Disney? Just saying. You could buy the Rankin-Bass specials and create, like, Christmas land in one of the parks. It would be
1: awesome. Oh, man. Again, again. They could have, like, little gingerbread paths of, like, little mazes or something. Oh.
0: But, so, of course, when Sophia goes and King Roland introduces her, or, excuse me, Ballywick introduces her, she goes over to King Roland to start the waltz. And she says the magic words that Cedric had given her, and everyone goes to sleep, including Mr. Cedric, who is standing in the doorway waiting. Like, bad idea, dude. Yeah, just he well, he tries wait to get away.
3: Swear. Yeah, yeah he, he just wasn't thinking the whole thing through, is what I meant. No. You, you know what this reminded me of? Do you remember um, – there was a movie called Space Invaders, and it was a comedy about alien invasions, and they had yeah. this weapon called the Donut of
0: Destruction. The Donut of Destruction? I don't remember the Donut okay. of Destruction. Right.
3: I remember that the whole thing was that what they would do is they would stand inside the hole in the donut, and everything outside the donut would get destroyed, except it never occurred to them Then there would be nothing for them to be standing on.
0: <laughs> it's so a very they, good point.
3: So they, the guy points us out to them, like, like, oh, we can't use it, you know, so that's.
0: <laughs> very true yeah it's very much like that that's a good point donut of destruction I like it donut of destructing my waistline is generally how it happens but that's a whole other question <laughs> so so for me like this is where this is where Sophia the First falls apart because I actually the first half hour of this is not bad it's not again it's intended for two to five year olds so if you go into that knowing what it is here is where I go. What were they thinking? Because Sophia walks out trying to find somebody. Like, the poor girl is desperate because everything, you know, everyone's asleep. She's, she's put everyone to sleep. So, if you, if you go by the verse that she mentioned earlier about the amulet, she has now done a bad deed, so there should be a curse, right? But she didn't do it in, on purpose, right? So, that's, that's the thing that's clear. I mean, she didn't
3: intentionally cast this spell
0: true but it is a loop it is a loophole and she was trying to take a shortcut i'm just saying i if we could get a technical ruling from the amulet of avalor judges i think she did something bad but instead of like getting a curse she cries a tear lands on the amulet and hey there's cinderella i know you know don't you know the famous summon cinderella spell no i don't because this makes no sense (laughs) <laughs> it's it's just abs- It's this is why I say this is a way to get young girls into the Disney princesses much like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse this is a way to get young kids into Mickey and Donald and Goofy and those guys like yeah. it's so clear when Cinderella shows up that's what they're doing
1: it also seems to me that when Cinderella enters the picture it's like she is Sophia's fairy godmother and she doesn't even look like Cinderella so those two factors you know we just don't Match
2: up. Okay. This is a, this is my part of the problem with the show, is that they use the summon Cinderella spell when she has done a bad deed, and let's see the last episode I saw, she really did a bad deed, but she 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 did something bad, which is she she took credit for. Something that James had done, so James would go, go go to the circus and she stayed home and something should have happened to her then, in my eyes, and that hasn't happened yet
0: yeah they never they never reveal the curse part of the of the amulet,
2: but they've never really revealed much this is as as far as it's gone is regarding doing good deeds and stuff is like. Because she's done a ton of good deeds along, you know, in the, f- in the five five episodes I've seen. Yeah. Um, she's she's done mostly good episodes, mostly good. Um, she, like said, so she did the one thing where she, she took credit for James's bad behavior, which is not. My, I I think that's a bad thing. We shouldn't be t- telling. Billy Baileywick Billy calls her out on it, but. <laughs> um and, and but she should have had like one of the, print, one of the princesses come and yell and you know chastise her as well. Yeah, you know, that would mean more resonance with for me. It would mean more resonance with the kids. I don't know about you, Ryan.
0: I agree. But I, it, it, the whole thing is just weird, right? Like even in the show, after this, when one of the princesses shows up, like it's just bizarre. She it had, they haven't
2: shown up since. That's my, that's my issue. Yeah. They haven't. Nothing well, has... I thought...
0: A- I, thought uh, I Why did I think Ariel had shown up in, nope. in one of these since then? Okay, so I apologize. That's okay. Yeah, it, that was what they were supposed to do originally.
2: But I think they've dropped... I don't know why they've dropped this aspect of the gameplay, although... You know they did bring it back where Cedric tries to steal with the with the professor's thing. They
3: they do specifically at this point. Cinderella tells her that the amulet is what connects all the princesses.
0: So why don't they all have one?
3: I I didn't understand this, and of course I think it's because of what we pointed out before: is they probably have no backstory whatsoever for this magic amulet that should have a backstory. Yeah. Right. So it's. It's just weird but she you know she tells her that she says I'm always here you know like it, it reminded me of um when they had that I'll always be in your heart moment in the Disney movies I think that's what this was supposed to be yeah right you know I'll always be with you I'll always be like that that whole thing um but it just I don't think it played right you know, and no, she, not at
0: all, yes. And then she I sings agree. a
3: whole song about how she had problems with her stepsisters. But you know what? You won't have problems with your stepsister because we're going to fix that right now. E-
0: exactly. So that's the next problem. So Sophia has put everyone to sleep. First of all, shouldn't Sleeping Beauty show up instead? And be immune. That, exactly. Like she should – I know how to fix this problem. This happened to me, right? Instead, the solution is – she needs to make up with her stepsister, and that will fix the problem. That's Cinderella's advice. Hey, you and Amber don't need to fight the way me and my stepsisters did. That will fix your problem that you put everyone to sleep.
3: Yeah, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. There, there's definite problems with the solution, not the plot,
2: the solution. Yes. I kind of like the solution to be uh, to be honest here. I'm going to differ from you guys. I kind of like the solution that they had a, they had to resolve their differences here, and it doesn't get carried on to a TV series.
0: I like that part of it because it would have gotten old very very quickly. Yes,
2: so I I but as far know, as
0: making sense within the context of this movie, it does.
2: I agree, but. Like I, I guess I can't see a point. You disagree with you. Yeah. But I, I would rather this than then carry it on. If I had a choice.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah agreed. The two. <laughs> As two people who are watching the show, yes, I agree with you. <laughs> um,
3: now, on the other hand, though, the end shows at least the writers have the, the understanding that when you have a good plot that has to come together. That you leave breadcrumbs along the way that feed into the end because he they did do a very good job with that. Yeah, I agree with that. Because you, you know, because what I'm getting at is that now at this point, when she makes up with Amber and they hug and they fix her dress, right? In in the yes. in, in the way they fix the tapestry and brave. Did you catch that? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, the um, they they go to Cedric's lab and they get in because she knows how to get in because she was taken there before and she watched him do everything so she knows where the key is hidden she knows how to get into the door she knows and she forgot about the bird but then they they use the animals to battle
0: the bird well and then wormwood the bird reveals where the counter spell book is because he doesn't realize sophia can hear him talk
1: Mm.
0: which is how the whole talking to animals thing plays back so i mean that's a whole other breadcrumb that they left
3: well, it doesn't matter anyway. I mean, he's telling the other animals, so the other animals, even if they couldn't talk to her, could go, like, you know, go, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh uh-uh, and, like, knock the <laughs> picture down or something like that.
0: True. True enough.
3: Not a smart bird, I think, is the important
0: thing. Yeah, true. But, so they get the counterspell, go back downstairs. Uh, she she recites the counterspell. Everyone wakes up.
2: Amber teaches her how to dance.
0: Yep, Amber teaches her how to waltz. Thank you, Cheryl. Uh, that's right. And uh, they... Just to waltz with King Roland, and eventually all five of them—James and Amber and uh, Queen Miranda and and King Roland the Second—are all together. But we Sophia gets her name because she asks, "Why do they call you King Roland the second And he says, "Because my father was King Roland, and so I'm King Roland the second And she, I guess, that makes me Sophia the First in a way that is annoyingly pilot cute driven, like. I'm setting this up so that I can be on TV for the rest of my life. And
3: always be nine years old forever.
0: Sorry. But yes, that's that's the happy ending of of, of the movie so that we can then have a TV show that my daughter is obsessed with.
3: So here, I have one other thing. So Cinderella magically appears, right, with the summon Cinderella spell. Correct. And then she magically disappears, but then at the end, we see her carriage drive off from the castle.
0: So not, maybe not so magical.
2: No, I was trying to figure it out, like, what was going on there. <laughs> I think that was just a nod.
0: Maybe think... she was attending the ball?
3: I don't know, but then she was immune to the sleeping.
0: Maybe we she saw... was late.
3: Late for a very important date.
0: That's what I'm saying. It's Cinderella. She was probably late. Yeah. Alright. See, they thought this through, Todd, I'm saying. Maybe. And and the other thing I have to say is uh the, the title of this quote unquote film is Sophia the First Once Upon a Princess. What what does once upon a what was once upon a princess? A tiara, a an amulet, a dress? What was on the princess? <laughs>
2: I think it's kind of a um, a hint to once once upon a time.
0: I'm sure it was, but that's not that doesn't work. I know.
1: I think I think it was Clover sitting on on her. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yes, <laughs> that's that's it was, true. It was it was once upon a princess before it turned back into Wayne Grady.
0: Feed me. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. Think. <laughs> that's yeah. just what he does. <laughs> it's true. <laughs>
3: So, so, did did you know there was actually controversy about this?
0: I I heard about this, but please elaborate. Yeah, so, yeah this
3: doesn't
1: surprise me. But yeah.
3: So, so Disney, when they first were putting this out, uh, somebody had questioned the fact that her mother Miranda was dark skinned, and they said that's because Miranda is Latina, which makes Sophia also Latina, right? Because yes, one leads to the other, and. This had been discussed, like in the beginning of last year, when they first announced um, this, because this came out in November of last year. Right. And um, then all of a sudden, there was a whole lot of throwbacks about, you know, well, you know, there's this, 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 and what country is she from? And then, and, and then they're like, well, they're, she's not from a real country. And they're like, well, if she's not from a Latin American country, then she's not Latin American. So you know and how could she be latina right so yes and they go through this whole thing so finally disney just dropped the whole thing right they and they just started downplaying it because it became too complicated for them to back that up anymore but she was originally intended to be the first latina princess but now she's not because they just don't even talk about it anymore like it never happened
0: but it feels like she was intended to be the first latina princess as a marketing gimmick and not because it meant anything to the actual film
3: I agree. I, know, I completely agree. It's just they didn't know how to – there's a lot about this, as we pointed out, that while this is not – it's not terribly written for a series that appeals to the age range that it appeals to, right? Yep. But it's it's clear that they were trying to do too much with it, and they just had to pull away from a lot of that.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean I think the bottom line is, again, this is something that was created for – Two to five year olds. So we obviously have some fun with it, and we look at it from the eye of folks who've you know who've been around a, a few times, and so we we see things like Clover being creepy or uh, King Roland or Cedric being creepy or whatever, uh, and the things that they're definitely you know Cinderella showing up out of nowhere for no good reason. But for a two to five year old, and I'll throw my six year old in there, like this is great, this is fantastic stuff. So you kind of have to look at it with that eye. And like I said, if you're if you're a grown-up watching it, you, you, there's, there's things for you, especially if you're a big Disney fan. So d- don't be scared is what I'm telling the parents out there.
2: Also, I really do like the way they've done with this. I mean, we might say there's really not much of plot, motivation, conflict, but I really do find that it's in this movie. I also do find it's in, like, every episode.
0: Yeah, no, actually, I was going to say, I agree, I agree. I think the goals, motivation, and conflict are pretty clear for all the characters. I think that for for a show of this kind to have that, that's, it's pretty amazing. I mean, like, because you don't find that in something like Jake and the Neverland Pirates or Mickey Mouse Clubhouse or that sort of thing. Like, you know, it's that, those shows are much more about... The characters talking to the kids in their living room and saying, say, you know, toodles or something. like." You know what I mean? Like, it's much more that stuff. This, I think the storytelling is actually very good.
2: And like I said, they carry it on very well.
0: Yep. True enough.
2: All right. So uh, shall we rate
0: Sophia the First Once Upon a Princess? And eventually we'll figure out what was on the princess. Uh, Brianna, what, what do you want to say? (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay I honestly this 45 minutes however long this film was I, I did not really enjoy it at all Um this was almost as painful as Home on the Range for me I'm sorry Amy Combs I still love you um, wow yeah I, I can't even explain why it's just like you know how you watch a film and either you get it or you don't I just I don't yep. get it I totally get where, we're, where they're going with this, but it's just not for me. I mean, I totally understand, like what you said, Ryan. It's geared toward, you know, two to five year olds, but I see, even if I was at that age, I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much. I don't know. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to give this a one.
0: Fair enough.
2: Yeah.
0: Fair enough. Cheryl?
2: I'm going to go with a three and a half. Um, As I've said, I really like this, although it has a little bit of problems. They're not too much. It's not that much, uh, you know, it's not, you know, five-ish, but like I said, they're doing, I think they're doing very well with the movie. And it's much more than, you know, other movies out there (laughs) that they've done in the past.
0: Yeah, that's, that's so true. Todd.
3: So, I I want to like this more than I do. I think that's fair to say. Um, my problem is is so. Look, it's not it's not made for me. I don't. I'm like a little bit like Brianna. I don't particularly go crazy enjoying it. I'm probably never going to watch it again. I have no interest to. Okay. But from my point of view, is like I can sit through an episode of Jake and Neverland Pilots and I don't dislike it, right? So, pirates, sorry, so um, I feel like if you kind of weigh the one against the other and that they're both on the same channel as as animated series, I mean, I know this is the pilot, but you know whatever i just I feel like this is not up to that same level. Does that make sense? yeah, yeah, and so for me, I kind of sort of feel it's not terrible though it's just not as stellar as I feel that it should be. And so for me, it's just a one and a half.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, I think I would end up around the two range personally. Um, I, I'm with. I, I'm kind of exactly on the same wavelength with you, Todd. Um, I'm kind of split. The difference between you and Cheryl, like again, I I kind of don't have a choice, right? I have to watch it because I we have one TV in the house. So it's not like we plop the kids in front of the T V and then walk away. So if if this is on and I'm in the house just the way our house is set up, um I it's you know, I'm gonna be watching it. So I don't really have much of a choice. That said, if my daughter's gonna be watching something, this annoys me a lot less than Jake and the Neverland Pirates does, just because of I, I can't stand the and I guess it started with Dora the Explorer, the talk to the kid in the living room to get them to say stuff along with you thing. Like that bothers me to no end i understand why they do it but i don't I, I don't care for it and they don't do that in sophia the first and to what cheryl and i were saying i feel like they actually do think about story to some some degree as much as they can for two to five year olds so i, I like that but it get but like you and Bree said it's not for me so <laughs> my personal rating would be a two but, again, like parents, I wouldn't be scared. If you have a young girl, I think you could watch this with them and enjoy it uh, for what it is, right? You just, trust me, as, as parents, you've probably watched a lot worse than this. All right, fair enough. So that is our look at uh, Sophia the First, Once Upon a Princess. Again, as Cheryl mentioned earlier, this is out on the Blu-ray. So. If you are a parent and want to show this to the kiddos, you know, go and check that out. Uh, I'm sure you'll be able to see it on uh, Disney Junior. You can catch the show if you want to get a, a, a flavor of it as well. So you can go out and check out Sophia the First uh, on Blu-ray or on Disney Channel or Disney Junior. All right, so uh, until next week, folks, uh, we will be back with more magic amulets and more Disney magic.